everyone. Welcome to EduMatch. Thank you so much for joining us. So tonight we have a very special episode of Tweet and Talk. So we're going to be talking about EduMagic. This will be facilitated by none other than its originator. We have Dr. Sam Fessage in the house. Yo. And in addition, we have the always amazing Irene Ball here as well. So uh, we're going to kick things off with introductions. So we'll, we'll start things off first with Irene. Hi everyone, I'm Irene, I'm in Baltimore, Maryland. I am a lecturer in educational technology at Loyola University, Maryland. So happy to be here again. Thank you, Sarah. Fantastic, <laughs> we're so happy to have you here. So awesomeness, awesomeness. And next up we have Sam. Hey guys, I'm Sam Fessage. I'm a professor at Grove City College, which is between Pittsburgh and Erie in Pennsylvania. And I teach uh, coursework related to special ed and ed tech. And I am pumped for this conversation tonight. And I'm excited to get the conversation started with our lovely panel. Wonderful. Well, I'm super excited to have you on here. So this, this is going to be a, a great combo. So I'm excited. So let's go ahead and jump into it, Sam. Absolutely. So my first question um, is about pre-service educators. So how can we help to prepare pre-service educators to be teachers of excellence uh, while they're in college, before they even get their first job? How can we start training them to be educators of excellence while they're in college? I love this question, the educators of excellence, Sam. Um, I, I think especially before they even step into the classroom. And one thing that um, I work with my teachers, I work with current teachers, but one thing we really talk about is um, the idea of growth mindset and that um, when they're encountered with things they don't know or situations they're not sure how to handle to keep an open mind um, and so that they can learn from that mistakes will happen. They can learn from their mistakes, but also learn from um, current practicing teachers um, and experts that are out there. Um, a lot of times, especially with the with um, the younger <laughs> group and generation, um, sometimes they think that, you know they know it all, and um, so just knowing that it's okay not to know it all, and to be able to grow within your learning and your experience. Yes, the growth mindset is so critical. I think that should be taught in like every foundational course when it comes to being a teacher, because that can relate to everything in education. It's just your whole mindset. That's beautiful. Thank you, Irene. I love that answer. And I, I learned so much from you, Sam, from reading your book about um, just the the PLN, the power of um, the educators connecting beforehand. And I really wish that Twitter were around, you know, when <laughs> Voxer were around back in 2004, when I first started out, um, or prior to that. And I, I, I would also say 2004 was um, when I entered pre-service, it was a very quick program for me. It was um, in the month of July, but uh, so definitely, um, you know, in that alternative certification program, I would have really benefited from uh, from connecting and from having a, a network. So I love how you advocated for them to learn by doing. And I think that that is just so important and so clutch. Absolutely, learning by doing. Oh, that, that, I love how you stated that because when I was thinking about this question, like, how would I answer this? I, I thought of uh, learning by doing. So possibly maybe like giving them some leadership opportunities outside of the classroom. Like we were talking about before we went live, like having our students present at conferences. That is awesome sauce and so powerful for them to get in front of practicing educators or administrators and start, you know, sharing their ideas, their experiences, their voices. It's so important for, for them to start building that confidence and starting getting that that educator vibe start, you know, going on, whether that be presenting at a conference or, you know, doing um, work with their PLN. Yeah, absolutely. 
And one thing I wanted to say, my undergrad really emphasized uh, the importance of graduate school and for practicing teachers. Um, they And they framed it for us as far as money, like you will make a lot more money if you get into your master's. But I'm thankful now coming at this point in my life that they really emphasize that uh, because it really um, guided me on the path of to continue learning and to and, and like to to achieve that and districts have such great a lot of districts have a lot of great um, opportunities for you to work and go to school and um, now most programs master's programs their graduate programs are allowing those working teachers to come in pretty easily and that really I'm really glad that my undergrad emphasized that our, my junior and senior year. Absolutely. So going into graduate school, being able to focus on a passion area of yours and just grow that and keep learning. I tell my students that you never stop learning. Don't ever stop. Even if you get a PhD or PhD plus, 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 there's never, ever an end to your learning. And just keep growing, uh, whether that be through, you know, workshops, ed camps. There's so many ways to get PD on your own, um, even if you're exhausted all the certifications. <laughs> Yeah, totally, totally. I, I hear you on that. That lifelong learning piece is awesome. Um, I wanted to jump in really quickly, give a few shout outs. So um, on YouTube Live, we have Rochelle and Tisha and Marvia joining in. So hi, everybody. And also on Twitter, we have Katie say that I learned that it's important to keep a growth mindset as a pre-service teacher in college. Uh, she gave a shout out to at Lauren Angeloni. Uh, getting more involved will allow me to learn by doing and build confidence in my future profession. So thank you so much, Katie, for that. Awesome. So let's segue into our next question, which actually has to do with the PLN. So how can a PLN help a pre-service educator build, start building their network and building that confidence um, in the field of education, helping them to understand that they do have a voice in education it needs to be heard? Sam, I love this question, and I, for me, I really wanted to take out the word pre-service and just and focus on all educators. Um, so as I said, I teach current teachers, and um, I work with them on building that PLN. So one thing I do within my classes, um, so I don't, I know Sarah has taught the PLN class um, it, for Loyola, um, but I have not specifically taught that class. But in every single one of my classes, I have items in which they have to use social media um, so they can choose what social media they want to use. Um, so usually like I, I usually showcase like Twitter, um, but I also do, you know, allow them to choose what they want to use. So if they're better on Facebook or Snapchat or um, Voxer, that they can choose where they want to go within social media. Um, I also try to set up a like some kind of tweet, a Twitter chat or like on Sarah, we, I bring my students on Sarah's EduMatch all the time. Um, so that they can become experts because in their learning in that class, they're really becoming experts of that content. And so I really want them, like we were talking about conferences, to step just outside of their, I'm just learning and consuming and become that expert and, and talk to others and showcase that knowledge that they're learning through the semester, but beyond just the interaction with me and the student and really kind of reaching out. Um, with the one of the courses I'm teaching, um, they have to research, and one of the pieces of research is that I don't emphasize the um, peer-reviewed research. They have to find blogs, Twitter chats, current educators using the tech or the tools that we're talking about, the strategies, and deciding if it's good information or not good information. Because when they leave um, the university, when they graduate, they're not going to have access to these peer-reviewed research that's amazing um, that the libraries offer 
but they will have access to the blogs, the Twitter chats, to just the random teacher posting on Facebook groups. Um, and so they'll have to determine what is good and what isn't good. So have setting that up within my course helps them see connections and learn from others that are outside of just my knowledge and the, what the library can provide. Irene, I wish, I'm so glad this is recorded because I just want to take this and share this with my class tomorrow. Oh my gosh, that was beautiful. I love how you stated they're not going to have access to these peer-reviewed peer-reviewed journals, but they are going to have access to their PLN and the people that they learn with and grow with. And I, you know, I do a similar thing with my class. I'm like, guys, you're not only going to have your roommate or someone down the hall to chat with about XYZ education topic, but you will have your PLN. You will have those teachers, those administrators, people you've connected with and started making those relations, those professional relationships with that can really help you stand apart from others, you know, doing a job search when it comes to a pre-service teacher. Uh, for current educators, oh my gosh, isn't it awesome, the sharing and the learning that goes on on Twitter or Instagram or whatever social media platform you use, there is always something to learn. Yeah, totally. There, there is so much out there. It's like <laughs> drinking from a fire hose. Sometimes it feels like I've heard people use that metaphor. <laughs> but wanted to give a shout out to Valerie, who's joined us. Um, Rochelle on YouTube said all teachers need mentors. I think great for teachers with years of experience to connect and learn from new teachers and pre-service teachers. So I love that reciprocity. And uh, Marvia was saying she loves using Twitter for PLNs. Uh, it's how she found all of us and how we found her. Um, and it's like continued learning anytime, anywhere. And Samreen saying, absolutely, making those relationships is really a great resource. So love that, love all of those uh, comments. And I would say, um, in my experience, and I found just the importance of, of having a network um, for several reasons. Like, for example, for, for Twitter, then I came for the ideas. You know, I got hooked by, by connecting with other people and finding the ideas. And I stayed for the family because, you know, it was, um, you know, connecting with educators all over the world and building that support network um, where we celebrate each other, we pick each other up, you know, on those hard days. And, um, and definitely, you know, the, that very first year, I could say that was like that in the third year were my hardest years. Um, so uh, having that network uh, really makes it easier being able to bounce ideas in a non-judgmental, you know, zone, being able to ask for feedback before, you know, trying out things just to make sure that that um, that you have like that that advantage, you know, because uh, other people may have tested it out before and they can probably give you some good tips. So definitely that PLN piece is so important. It absolutely is. I love how you said I came for the ideas, but stayed for the family. Oh, that's so important. I mean, don't we all just feel like we know each other whenever we all come meet up, meet up, whether it be at ISTE or wherever we may all see each other. Like, oh, how are you doing? It's it truly is a learning family. Stay tuned. The EduMatch podcast will be right back. Hi, my name is Sam Fessich, the author of EduMagic. Are you a future teacher or a student teacher? Then you need to add EduMagic, a guide for pre-service teachers, to your must-read list. EduMagic provides practical advice, tips, and strategies to help you become an educator of excellence while in college. Teaching doesn't begin when you cross the stage of graduation. It begins Monday morning, 8 a.m. during your first college class. So join me and let's learn how we become educators of excellence with a little bit of edgy magic. Buy it on Amazon today. Now back to more learning on the Edge of Match podcast. So let's move on to the next question here. So 
Um, in writing this question, I was thinking about um, tech tools. So what tech tools should we uh, be preparing our pre-service teachers to know about uh, whenever they use, whenever they go into their fields or student teaching. So what tools do they know about now? What tools should we be training them on using in order to, obviously using them effectively and meaningfully in the classroom, not just add-ons, not just glitter to a lesson, but really using them meaningfully. So what are some some tools that you guys suggest that we should be preparing our pre-service teachers to come, to come to student teaching, field experiences, ready to rock and roll? Sam, um, I don't like focusing on tools personally um, because I think there are so many tools out there. They constantly are changing and there's always new ones that um, there are some skills that are needed for um, pre-service teachers and current teachers. Um, but I really think the purposeful application and integration of tech tools is much more important than the actual tech tool. Now, it's important to know how to use a tech tool. Um, but anyone can find that information on YouTube and nowadays or on their help page. Um, it's not like it was 10 years ago when there was no help center on most of these tech tools and like <laughs> the instructional tech coach was like furiously just making help videos for most of the teachers. Um, but really thinking about more like why it's being used um, and how it's how the tool itself is being used. What do you want the students to be able to do at the end of the lesson is really, I think, the more important part than what tool you need to know coming in. Um, because every district as well is very different in the tools that they allow. Um, and so some districts are very open. They allow whatever. It's okay. And some districts are very close and they only have specific tools that can be used. Um, and so I always emphasize with my students, I'm um, thinking about like using tech integration models um, and thinking through like the four C's more so than like what tech tool do I need to know? Oh my gosh, that was awesome. Yes. Um, I love just your focus of learning how to how to integrate it purposefully into that into the classroom and yes tech tools change from from year to year from month to month even you know from pay model to freemium to whatever so we need to be able to prepare them with those skills that go around um, using different tools like the critical thinking the creativity what do we want our students to do as a result oh i love that yes 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 yeah, me too. Me too. And I would agree with uh, what Valerie said um, on the YouTube live. She was saying any tool that helps them produce content. So I, I would agree with that um, and definitely opening it up to them for um, for what they would pick. Um, but also, you know, demonstrating some other ones, uh, having them learn from one another. Um, but but kind of echoing what, what you both said about um, just having the, the mindset to be constantly learning. Um, Valerie also said, you can never learn it all in one moment. It is never ending and knowledge is constantly evolving. Constantly evolving. You must stay plugged in. Um, and Marvia has, uh, she gave a shout out to Coffee EDU um, as a space to connect. So she says, I connect with all kinds of educators. So I think that is good for pre-service educators to see how much connection matters. And she said, one more thing about technology sh should support teaching and not replace it. I like what Casey Bell says in her book, Shake Up Learning, the tech should facilitate and not replace the teacher's expertise. So great comments from everybody. Absolutely. And, and so I want to jump in with what um, Sarah was reading um, and talking about like, with technology and like, you know, I brought up the four C's. Um, I think uh, pre-service and current educators, if they, I think they need to know strategies opposed to specific tools, strategies for integrating technology in the classroom, how to manage students in a one-to-one -one room is much more important than what tools do you, should you have the students plug in and to, but how to um, scaffold and do gradual release 
of um, abilities for students. So you have students from all age ranges, um, you know, with your pre-service teachers and your current educators, they, they span that K-12. And so the ability, uh, the tech ability for students varies from person to person. Um, so like the kindergarten teacher, their tech integration looks vastly different than the high school educator. But at the same time, it really depends on where where their students, what in, what um, integration they've had before. So those high school seniors may still not really know how to type well. And so knowing your students and knowing what would work best for them and what they need to be able to do, going back to kind of like those tech integration models and the, the best teaching, uh, best practices for teaching and learning is much more important than knowing any one specific tool. That was beautiful. Thank, uh, Irene, you're like four for five for five, whatever number we're on. That was awesome. I love it. Absolutely. There, There is so much of a difference between not only the teacher ability, like if they're going to be a kindergarten teacher or a 12th grade trigonometry teacher, but also the students that they're going to have. The tech is going to look so much different in each of those classrooms. So being able to prepare them with things like, uh, would you say maybe the SAMR model or the TPAC model, 4Cs, those types of strategies? I was thinking more along the lines of like how to build in scaffold, like scaffolding within so that you're not I, I tend to dive in, dive in the deep end, if you will, with technology with my students. And so I've been learning how to back up and to have them have the students build their skills so that they're not overwhelmed at once. So that when we're in a class, I'm not answering 20 how do I questions, um, but that that's built throughout the semester or throughout the course. Um, and so then the students, by the time we're starting to get to the more complex things, they've been able to master the more basic pieces because I started small and grew it. It's that those kind of strategies more so uh, the tech integration models like SAMR and TPAC and TIM um, are important to know as well with the integration of what the students will be doing, but then how to manage that once you're in front of the students is also really important. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Um, lots of things to be thinking about uh, when we talk about teaching teachers how to use technology in their classrooms. Um, so let's talk about Maybe have a couple of student teachers or teachers, uh, pre-service teachers who be student teaching soon. What advice do you guys have? Do you remember back whenever you were a student teacher? Uh, what advice do you have for them? Um, oh, we have one on Twitter whoop, whoop, uh, that you know you can um, impart on them. What advice do you have for that pre-service teacher that's watching our watching our broadcast? Alex just dropped something something great on Twitter. So Alex Henderson, um, thanks for joining us. He says, since I am a pre-service teacher, I would say my advice for any students coming into the program is that it's extremely important for you to take every opportunity to learn. Every moment in classrooms and in your own classes provides a moment to learn from. Um, and he hashtag Jen2108. So um, definitely shout out to them. So thank you for, for that, Alex. That's great. Um, I would say advice I would have is um, to take opportunities that are presented to you and run with them. Um, I work with a lot of teachers that are presented various opportunities. I believe in empowering um, my students and all the students in our program, um, as well as other educators, our, our alumni, and everyone who's connected with us. And um, But a lot of times, um, my students don't take take advantage of the opportunities that are presented to them, and so if you're if you're able, you know, if you're given an opportunity to connect on on a PLN or to connect with an, an other educator to take to take that 
to take that opportunity and take advantage of it. Um, if you're given the opportunity, like we were talking about, um, you know, sending students to conferences. And so if you're given the opportunity, we, uh, for example, in the Loyola EdTech program, we are able to fund a few students to go to ISTE this year because it's really close to us. Um, I, you know, we posted it out there and we only had three students out of 240 apply for this opportunity. And so, you know, there's a lot of reasons why you may not, but just taking those opportunities and running with it is really one of the biggest pieces of advice I can give. Absolutely. Yeah, taking advantage of the opportunities that present themselves during um, a class or during um, your college career is so important. I always try to um, include my preserved teachers on going to conferences like our local our local ISTE type conference, ed camps. We have them planning ed camps, workshops, webinars. So I try to, hey guys, I'm writing a blog post. Join me. Hey guys, I'm doing this. Come on, let's do this. It'll be fun together. Uh, you know, just encouraging them to get their name out there is so important. Um, I'd also like encourage student teachers to get involved early in the classroom. So if they're going in for like first observation day, maybe that's fine. But just, you know, get involved. You see a student who needs help, hop in there. You know, just get just get your hands dirty. I mean, that's what you're trained for. You're going to get in there and it's going to be great. Um, and just, you know, be able to have that confidence in yourself. I would, I would say one other thing uh, for pre-service teachers that are just starting their student teaching specifically to the question is <laughs> that you stated, um, is don't be afraid to ask questions. You're not expected to know it all. So that's something I wish I had known walking into uh, my pre-service teaching experience that I, I kind of thought I was expected to be able to manage the classroom and do the correct lessons and stay in line with the, um, with the current teacher. And I didn't take advantage of going back to the opportunities, but I didn't really take advantage of asking the teacher suggestion and for help. Um, and, and along with my professors, like I thought I was supposed to already know how to do all these things and classroom management, my first time student teaching was a little bit of a mess. Um, I've definitely learned a lot, that growth mindset of like learning a lot with that. But um, if I had, I wish I had asked more questions because I would have probably been a better teacher my first year coming in than just hanging back and thinking I had to know it all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I hear you on that. I, I felt that same pressure um, my first few years to, to try to feel like I had to have it all together. So definitely. But we have some more wisdom from the PLN. Um, so Melissa um, at mkrenzer20 on Twitter says, ask questions, be coachable, smile and laugh, show grace to yourself. So great tip there. Um, we also have from, let's see here, from uh, from Marvia, she said that Irene just uh, reminded me, I think it's good if pre-service teachers can be encouraged to attend an ed camp. Um, and then Valerie was saying to be vulnerable and open to learning new things. So that's for both pre-service and, and in-service teachers. Uh, the fear of someone may discover I don't know this or just not, not wanting to be bothered, um, that, that really uh, negatively affects kids. Um, so, and Sheila had a question about what are the best conferences or trainings for teachers who are just starting this journey with technology. So I guess that's that's kind of like a, um, a bonus question. <laughs> so if y'all wanted to toss out some of your uh, your favorite conferences for, uh, for EdTech, so um, I'll, I'll toss that back over to y'all. 
Well, and I've been tweeting on, or uh, conversating on the Twitter chat um, with EdCamps. Um, and so the thing I like about EdCamps is that they're free. So there's no um, payment. Um, Sarah and I met through the EduMatch EdCamp um, a couple summers ago um, before we were even close in proximity. Um, and so anything EduMatch runs is excellent. So I highly promote that. Um, but just EdCamps Twitter chats are another big one. Um, that you can really learn from uh, that are still that free model so you don't have to necessarily go. I think if you're just dipping your toe into ed tech, starting kind of at the local um, more free ways before jumping into like going to the ISTE conference or going to a state level conference may be the way to go because those kind of conferences can be quite overwhelming if you're new to the ed tech world and new to the integration of technology in the classroom. Um, whereas the ed camps are more specialized and focused on what you want to learn um, and want to know specifically. Um, ditto. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Ed camps are fantastic. Twitter chats are awesome. Uh, your local um, ed tech conference. So in PA, we have one called Petency. Um, in Pittsburgh, we have one called Tretzi, the Three Rivers um, Ed Tech Council, which is phenomenal. And then ISTE conference as well. Um, yeah. So pretty much everything Irene said. <laughs> but I wanted to go back to the asking questions that um, Irene and Melissa were talking about, uh, Melissa from Twitter. Um, I, I try to remember to tell my, my student teachers that this is student teaching. It's practice. It's okay to make mistakes. Ask questions. Get feedback often. And don't don't think that there's that you're expected to know and do everything perfectly. It's practice. And that's great. So make mistakes. It's okay. Stay tuned. Match will be right back. EduMatch is proud to present our first feature-length documentary. Over time, what I just really had to do was I had to educate myself on education, educate myself on business, and then try to figure out how to make the two come together. In a film by Dr. Will. I want to make it look like I don't feel like I'm working a day in my life. Like when I'm working side by side with a district, I want to be having fun. I want to want to be there. You know, if I wasn't having to take vacation days or be away from my wife and kids, you know, be away from my family, I'd almost want to go do it. If I could do it for free, I'd want to go do it for free. Education is a service industry and we are not used to talking about money, making additional money. For me, finding that balance of what I'm offering that's free versus what I'm offering that's paid for. You know, on my blog, I don't do any advertising and that's very intentional. Like I have the books that I've written on the side and that's enough self-advertising. Eight entrepreneurs share. Look to the left and look to the right. One of those people are gonna make a mistake. Try not to duplicate that. So people don't see that. They see your hour on the stage. They don't see the risk you've taken to get that. They don't see all of the challenge and the change. They don't see the pain that is the root of passion. They don't see the suffering. Their successes, challenges, and lessons. When I am home, I am present. I am making sure that I am on a flight. If I'm away all week, I'm home for, I get home Friday night and I'm here the weekend and I'm doing everything I can to be a good husband, a good father, a good friend. So that work-life balance is knowing when to shut down. I don't want to be known as a fad. Like, oh, every future I came through with this thing and now it's no longer relevant. So I, I just, I said, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to keep it real. 
um, I'm just going to share actual experiences. I know what teachers are looking for when they come to a session, what they're looking to lead with. That's what I'm going to give them every time. The Edupreneur, making the impact and the income. Coming March 15th, pre-order your copy at videos.edumatch.org forward slash the edupreneur. You are listening to the Edumatch podcast. All right. So this is a question. Um, this next one came about through a Voxer chat that I was having with a couple of other educators um, regarding the love of learning. So how can we instill this love of learning in our future educators, this idea of never stop learning, keep growing? What are some ways that we can we can help do this from um, a higher ed perspective? I Well, I, I love... Um Alex on uh, Twitter posted, I know it's just because I'm on all the things, posted, um, my love of learning came from teachers that I've, sh that I've sh I'm sorry, I've had showing their love for learning. When a teacher is passionate about what they do, their students can feel that and reciprocate. So I would say being passionate and still loves of learning. And I just, I love that. And I, I didn't want to like plagiarize what he said because I read it and was like, yeah, passion, that's it. Um, <laughs> so, um, and I totally agree with Alex um, that, Passion, um, if you have energy in what you're teaching and you love what you're teaching, then um, your students will be able to feel that energy and be excited. Um, one thing I really try to do, in addition to just not only having high energy and being passionate about what I'm doing, is to also try to hook the um, my current students in like how they could potentially use it in their classrooms to so make it very relevant. If they are not so interested in a specific topic that maybe they can find find um, find more information on that topic based on an interest of theirs. So allowing my students not only my passion to show, but my students to pursue their passions within the different topics and find what's relevant and authentic for them. I don't know how you have all these tabs open. I'm just focused on my questions and the my and my video. But oh my gosh, yes, you have all the things. I love how you're giving a shout out to Alex. That that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, totally, totally. So definitely um, piggybacking off of that, then I would I would say um, our own enthusiasm and also uh, I, I just want to just amplify how how important it is to um, to have choice be a, a, a part of it. Um, so I kind of alluded to my first few years being uh, not so great. Uh, <laughs> but when I did kind of get the bug and and find my wings and and just really love to explore different things that interested me that was the first time I went to a conference so when I started going to conferences that was around 2008 I want to say um before that you know I had had PD um, that was kind of thrust upon me. Um, but 2008, 2009-ish, I went to my very first conference where I got to go to different sessions that interested me. And from there, there was there was no looking back. It just went from there. And then, you know, there was a conference where I learned about uh, PLNs and, you know, the next conference had a hashtag. So I joined Twitter on my non-tweeting to VH1 stars account uh, and, you know, created a professional account. And, uh, you know, just from there, just uh, kept on getting more and more inspired. So so definitely that that choice piece has played a huge part in my life as well. So definitely wanted to second that. Okay, Sarah. So, like, I guess I just assumed that you've always been on Twitter forever and always, you know, because you're Sarah Thomas. <laughs> 
<laughs> and of course you've been on Twitter. But see, that just goes to show the power of a PL and the power of being a connected educator. It is so cool. Thank you for learning and growing with EduMatch. Hello, my name is Mandy Freilich, and my book, The Fire Within, is currently available on Amazon. The Fire Within is a book of uh, stories by educators who have gone through personal and professional adversities and who have come through stronger on the other side. They use their superpowers that they gained with their students in order to be better educators. If this sounds like stories of superheroes, you are absolutely right. There's also a chapter on trauma and how it affects the brain and a chapter covering post-traumatic growth and secondary traumatic stress and how it affects educators in their job. So if you are interested in The Fire Within, you can find it right now on Amazon by searching The Fire Within Lessons from Defeat that have ignited a passion for learning. Thank you. You are listening to EduMatch. Uh, so what are some resources that you can recommend to anyone regarding teacher preparation? So anyone thinking about becoming an educator, maybe somebody who's taken a couple of ed classes and are thinking about dipping their toe in the wild world of education, um, or maybe somebody who's student teaching. So all the resources, what do you guys recommend? There's a really good podcast I listened to, uh, Teaching in Higher Ed by Bonnie Stachowiak. Um, that podcast is great for anyone who is working with pre-service teachers. And I also have to plug Magic, the book, just amazing stuff from Sam. And, uh, and can I, can I, well, I, I'm not, I'm not going to spill the beans. I'll, I'll let you, um, you know, talk about any kind of future direction, but, but those, those are two. Um, also, uh, shout out to um, to ISTE Digital Equity PLN. So I've been on a few webinars um, that have specifically been about digital equity and teacher prep programs. So I'm probably going to miss some people uh, while shouting out names. But um, Dr. Nicole Howard over in California. Uh, we have Bettina, Dr. Bettina Shea. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say people's names because like, I'm like doctor, doctor, doctor. So <laughs> um, so yeah, Nicole Howard, Bettina Shea. Um, we have Raina Leon, we have Abby Futrell. Um, oh my gosh, so many people. And if I try to think of all of them, my head is going to explode, but just check out the YouTube channel from ISTE Digital Equity. And there's a bunch of, uh, resources on there about teacher preparation and check out the closing the gap, uh, in teacher prep programs book as well by, uh, George True and <laughs> Nicole Howard and, uh, Regina Schaefer. So my shout outs are going to be a little more old school, um, <laughs> compared to Sarah's. Um, but I wanted to bring, um, Marvia Davidson on the Twitter chat said, um, that Harry Wong's first day of school was helpful. And I was like, there's this book by like this guy named like, Something like Wong. Um, that's really good. So thank you, Marvia, for posting that because I agree with her um, that that book is really good. Um, another, for me, another really good resource is the educators that you went to school with, if you're still connected with them, as well as the 
um, professors and the edu the instructors that you have in your university um, to connect you. Uh, a lot of times, if you're new, especially if you're new with like um, connecting professionally on social media or um, you know just reaching out to strangers, if you're someone who's not really you know willing to just jump on and answer questions uh, like to this kind of format or like is interested in doing a Twitter chat, don't, doesn't see the value in it yet, um, then connecting in that face to face or just through email is also really powerful and just knowing kind of like you know what what would you have liked to know before you walked into the classroom a lot of times just asking those kinds of questions um helps you grow as a learner and know like okay i should be expecting these kind of things coming into pre-service or i'm interested in becoming a teacher um you know why should i and talking to current educators just in your local community is really important and I'm sorry if I could jump back in. I, I got excited. I knew I was going to forget some things. So um, also wanted to shout out Teacher Ed Chat, hashtag Teacher Ed Chat, which is um, on the third Monday, I want to say at 9 p.m. Eastern. So that's a great chat to check out. Um, there's also some resources that are being uh, shouted out by the PLN. So on Twitter, uh, K Greg at Keenan Greg Teach says Google calendars. Um, helps him break down minute by minute what his day looks like and uh, when working with other teachers who want to network so he can just share his calendar. So thank you so much for that. And in addition, we have Dean, hey Dean, uh, who's shouting out uh, the YNU. So check that out. It talks about approach and philosophy. Uh, Valerie was saying visit and sub, sub at schools to be sure you really have a passion for kids, immerse yourself in their world. And uh, let me see, she also says um, new teacher chat by Lisa Dabbs. Um, and let me see. Oh my goodness. I'm bouncing around a lot, but Marvia is saying, uh, new pre-service teachers should engage in as many PLN events as they can. And my apologies if I missed anyone. No, you guys did awesome. We got old school and new school. Nicely done. I was hoping somebody would say the Wong book. I was like, yeah, that was a, I think everybody knows that book. It's phenomenal. Um, and I love how you're bringing up, um, the PLN and getting connected as pre-service teachers. So important. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for an awesome conversation. I know I'm excited to get back in the classroom tomorrow and share a lot of these great ideas that we've talked about. Thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Sam. This was excellent. And thank you, Irene. Uh, both of you, you all are just, uh, you all are amazing. So I'm um, very honored to know and learn from both of you. So thank you for that. Thank you to everyone who is joining us on YouTube live. Um, so great conversation. Love it. So definitely saving that chat. In addition, everyone who joined us on Twitter. So we are going to, um, we're going to uh, drop this also as a podcast. And on Facebook Live, we will premiere it, or not Facebook Live, I'm sorry, on Facebook, we will have the Facebook premiere in a few weeks, as well as the audio-only version of this podcast. So definitely check that out. Uh, new for pre-order this week, we have um, Dig Sit Kids, which will be coming out February 6th, so you can pre-order it on Kindle. Uh, so shout out to Mary Alice Curran, as well as her son, Curran D. Not Curran Curran, but Curran D. So <laughs> definitely check that out. Um, so great book about digital citizenship um, with students, you know, being, being leaders in that area and having conversations with students about that. So awesomeness. Um, just wanted to let everybody know our next episode is going to be... I believe it's going to be on the 3rd. Yes, February 3rd. So same bad time, same bad channel. We're going to be talking National CTE Month with Maggie Cox. So stay tuned for that. So uh, 
So if you like, um, if you like this show, please review it. If you're listening to the podcast version and uh, subscribe and all of that good stuff, or follow us on Facebook or subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, connect. So definitely us. Uh, oh, and if you want to sign up for a panel, thank you so much. I see your question, Irene, to sign up for a panel for the National CTE Month, then go to podcastwithness.edumatch.org forward slash sign up. And to watch podcastwithness.edumatch.org forward slash tweet talk. So that's, that's it. <laughs> so thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And we will see you next Sunday. Have a great week. Super Bowl Sunday. Ooh. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Don't miss edge match. Don't miss.